Welcome everybody to Common Sense Christianity. Thanking God that you can join uh, with us this morning or whenever you are listening. We are doing our first episode for a long time uh, on the existence of God. We are re-looking at the Kalam cosmological and teleological arguments, the two main arguments for the existence of God. And to begin today's episode, we're going to give an overview of it and hopefully go into more examples uh, next week sometime. I received an email when I was announcing this from a pastor that also does a podcast called The Emancipated Ministry, so go check that out. And he emails me, and it's a very great email. We're going to use this to base the entire episode. In my own study, uh, contemplation, meditation, and prayer, I have come to this understanding. It is a self-evident truth that with all existing things form and function according to the consistent principles of order. These principles comprise the formal, natural, and social sciences which shape, animate, and govern the universe and everything therein. They are tantamount to the will of God in that all things are subject to these principles, and they are subject even to themselves. Greek philosophy, especially in Stoicism, which emerged 300 years before Christ and persisted for 200 years after the crucifixion, referred to this ordering principle with a term that should be fairly known to Christians, the logos, or logos, uh, however you want to say it. The Stoic concept of logos was more than just the ordering principle of the universe. It was an endless chain of cause and effect stretching all the way back to the beginning of the universe and was synonymous with God. In short, God was not viewed as a design of the universe, but the design itself. There is a precedent for this same view in the Bible. If not explicit agreement, John 1, 1 reads, In the beginning was the word Logos. The word Logos was with God. And the word Logos was God. With this understanding, we can begin to see uh, science not as disproving God's existence, but as revealing the complex and mysterious ways in which God works. We can go back to Genesis and understand that as each thing comes into existence, it harmonizes with the design of the universe. The language of Genesis simply states that this harmony as God seeing things are good, yet the language of the Bible even allows for evolution and the many mistakes the universe, well, he said, quote unquote, mistakes the universe makes. Now, atheists love to mention through its language, God throwing the chaff into the fire. What's more, all things just emerge from the design of the universe exist within the design of the universe and contain a portion of the universe design. To put it into biblical terminology, we can read this as God creates all things, all things exist in God, and God exists in all things. I hope this added some food for thought as you explore this season's topics. May God's everlasting peace, light, and love be with you. And may they be with you too, brother. We're going to break this down and form the argument, building the case for God. So the first part is, and I find some parts of this email disagreeable, at least in the basis for its argumentation, because I feel like if you were in a conversation or a debate with an atheist, they can easily pick this apart because it starts with the assumption that God exists. So we must deal with the question, why do we believe that God exists? Now, first, a couple of disclaimers. One, science cannot prove nor disprove the existence of God because God does not exist, at least the theoretical God, within monotheistic religions, 
Christianity, Judaism, and Islam exist outside of the principles of time. And therefore, the principles of time, space, and matter, which is what this entire universe consists of and has consisted of for at, for at least 13.5 billion years, these principles, the creator of the universe, cannot be made out of. So science tells us this, though, that there was a beginning. And that beginning started at the Big Bang, a big flash of a big explosion, we might add you, of space, time and matter from a single point and has caused a continuous expansion of the universe that exists to this very day. So we must ask ourselves what either cr created the Big Bang or what was before the Big Bang. I'll leave what was before the Big Bang to the physicist. I will postulate that what created the Big Bang and what caused the universe into motion was some sort of cosmological force that has its own mind, that has its own purpose, that has always been ex in existence. Because this is the only consistent philosophical view we can prove, well, that we can uh, postulate, beyond a reasonable doubt. And here is how, and we'll get into these details more next week. The universe is clear through science and through humans' current understanding that through looking at all the events of, of known history throughout the universe's creation and throughout Earth's creation, just two specific points, the, the, the improbability of any of this happening. You could use the argument that because we are here, then it must have happened that way. We just got lucky. But I would say, because we are here and because we got lucky, there was someone out there that caused it all to happen. This is human reason. This is reasonable. If we look at a car, for example, I, I have a 2007 Volvo XC70. That's my car. Let's take that, for example. If I were to leave it in the middle of the desert, uh, we live in Utah, so let's take it out to the Great Salt Lake Desert out there at the salt flats, just leave it there. If you were to stumble upon it 20 years later, would you be like, wow, look at how all the minerals and the materials just stumbled together and created this old rusty car? At least at that point, 20 years from now, it's a nice car now. Or would you say that someone must have left it there? Someone must have built this car, someone must have drove it out here and left it here. This is the basis of human reasoning, that there is a design, something that is clearly complicated to our own understanding, let alone a mind that doesn't even exist if atheism is true. It is complicated to a working brain, let alone uh, having other creations happen inside that massive uh, complex creation, which would be the universe, and then the, set, the latter uh, Earth. It, it is idiotic to say, to just write off at least, that there was no designer behind the design. And this has nothing to do with the actual philosophies of Christianity, which we will get into later this season. We are just building the case for a generic God. It could be deist, it could be monotheist, it could be polytheistic. We don't know. We'll get into the further details in a different episode. But the whole point of this is, is that if you take human reasoning and look around you and look at everything we have seen, 
and everything we can observe and everything that we know through the things like the Human Genome Project, through things like looking at a plant and seeing the complex systems work in, in it. And then you can say, well, it evolved. If you look at every single basic cell, which a cell was the first life, every single cell has undeniably complex systems that all have to work for the cell to be able to function. So you would then have to deal with the question, how did life start? And this has not gone to the gaps I'm playing right here. We'll get to that later. It cannot evolve because evolution, biological evolution, requires life to exist in order to evolve, which it's a theory that I believe in. But you cannot say evolution for the beginnings of the complexities of life. Because biological evolution does not have non-materials evolving. So you would have to ask yourselves this question. I'll just take one example of the many I can give. Let's take the first cell. In a basic uh, uh, cell, the DNA has no nucleus. It, it's just there. But the DNA is still required for the cell to function, obviously. DNA has the codes for proteins. But yet, DNA is made out of proteins. So which one came first? These two cannot exist outside from each other. If you do not have DNA, you cannot make proteins because you don't know how to do it because the code for how to make proteins, the instructions, the building plan is in the DNA. But DNA in and of itself is made of proteins. So they create each other. So we it's the basic chicken or the egg question. They both require each other. Moving back even further in the Big Bang. First off, why all of a sudden would space, time, and matter go into existence? Imagine there's nothing. You can't imagine it because we're something. And the nothing that we imagine of is something. And I know physicists try and get around this by saying, oh, there was actually something. But no. Because the very definition of nothing is no thing. And the very theory in and of itself of the Big Bang shows that there must have been a beginning, starting point in space, time, and matter. If there was something there before the Big Bang, then there was already space, time, and matter. And this leads us into an eternal universe, which has been disproven by science multiple times. So let's, uh, let's just go back to this. We have just this little ball of energy, if we're just to imagine the Big Bang like this just sitting there in a continuous end of nothing. Go back just a bit before that ball was formed. There's nothing. So why would something appear? And what created that something? Did it, did it just pop up? So it's like, oh, I'm, even though there's nothing here, we're going to find something to make it. Again, human reason. It's a very simple concept, ladies and gentlemen. To understand the basic arguments for the Kalam cosmological argument and the teleological argument, you must understand basic human reasoning. And this is reasonable. There are two possibilities here between theism and atheism, or having some sort of God exist, and atheism. 
Either something or someone created something out of nothing, or nothing created something out of nothing. Which is more reasonable? I'll leave that to you, and we will see you here Wednesday. This is Common Sense Christianity.